Amen. God's grace and God's mercy to you uh, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just trying to get this mask off here. Sorry about that. Uh, we're trying to keep it safe here. And uh, praise God for our, our worship team and our audiovisual team making everything happen and work so smoothly. Thank you, uh, Chris and Kelly and the team uh, for leading worship so powerfully uh, for us this morning. Uh, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome again to worship, uh, whether you're at home, uh, whether you're in your car, or whether in your backyard, or down at the beach, or up in the mountains, wherever you are, I want you to know that that place is holy. It's a holy place because God is with you, and you are with Him, with His people today. And I want to remind you how important that is for your life, that you need that, and you were created for this very moment to worship your Lord and Savior, Jesus. So I just want to say thank you. It's great to be worshiping with you in this unique way uh, today. Uh, these truly are unique times. Uh, for some of you, these days are, are draining on you. For some, of the, for some of you, these days are devastating. For some of you, life is just kind of okay right now. For some of you, many, many of you often are saying that I'm thriving right now as well. Everyone is at some sort of different place as we are enduring this pandemic together. But I think that most of us would agree that there is a part of us that wants this whole thing to be done and to be over with. I heard a pastor kind of reflect on that, talk about that recently, and he said that perhaps maybe we should pause on that thought for a moment. Perhaps maybe we shouldn't go there just yet. Perhaps maybe we could learn from the Israelites 2,600 years ago. They had been exiled from their homeland. They had been taken to Babylon. They were in a foreign land, and the Lord said to them through Jeremiah the prophet these words. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have sons and daughters. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Pray to the Lord for it. You see, some of the Israelites, they, they just wanted to, to close their eyes, bury their head in the sand, and wish it was over. In fact, actually, some of the Israelites, they actually sought out false prophets that would tell them what they wanted to hear instead of recognizing the reality of the situation that they were in. Now, we haven't been physically uprooted from our land, but it does feel like we're living in a different world, doesn't it? I mean, just a little tall, small thing. I, I usually go to Wahoo's for lunch quite a bit. Hadn't been there in like three months. Went to lunch there just the other day. The food was sort of the same, but they served it differently. I ordered differently. Where I sat was different. How I paid was different. It was packaged different. The whole thing was different. It wasn't the same. And that's just one little tiny, small little thing. In a big way, the world is different. We're living in a different world right now. And we might be tempted to just close our eyes and to bury our head in the sand and just wait till this pandemic is over. We might be tempted to only listen to the voices that we want to hear. But I think that Jeremiah's words 2,600 years ago apply to us today to not just wait for this to be over, not just bury our head in the sand, but Jeremiah would say, make the most of it right now. Kind of like you're doing right now. You can't be here in this building worshiping, but you are worshiping in this unique way. You're making the most of it right now. Jeremiah said, build 
Settle down. Plant something. Get married. Have kids. Seek peace. Seek prosperity of your city. Pray for your city. My friends, that is something that we can do right now. In fact, that is something we are doing right now. I just officiated at a wedding just a few weeks ago, and Chris was there too, playing music, planting of a life together in the midst of a pandemic. Our members are having babies. They are planting in this season. Pastor Trevor and his wife had a baby a few weeks ago. Megan Gebert on staff had a baby last Sunday. Pastor Tim just had a grandson on Friday. A birth, a planting, new life in the midst of a pandemic. New life groups are starting virtually. New people are joining life groups. New partnerships and ministry are happening. Pastor Nathan at, at Peace in Tustin, joining us at St. John's as well. A new partnership, a new church being birthed in the middle of a pandemic. They're having more people in worship there than they've had in years. New community needs are being addressed. Pastor Trevor is leading the team of folks on the front lines in the medical community and the first responders. New conversations are being had around justice and race relationships and the value and sanctity of all human life. You see, we could just bury our heads in the sand right now, or we could make the most of it. We could plant something new even. But how do we do that? How do we embrace that sort of mindset? How do we get away from the angry, bury my head in the sand, divisive, I only want to hear what I want to hear, kind of a politically charged mindset? How do we get away from that and embrace, let's make the most of it, let's plant new life, let's seek peace, let's seek prosperity, let's seek our city and pray for our city? How do we embrace that mindset? How do we nurture it? How do we embrace it? How do we keep ourselves over there? I think it has everything to do with what we are holding on to right now. And not only that, it has to do with the way we are holding on to it. That's what our whole sermon series during this summer has been about, right? Acts chapter 2, 42. They devoted themselves. Devoted themselves. You remember that, that phrase, it means to persist, it means to persevere, it means to continue in, it means to hold fast to, it means to hold on. And from the birth of Christianity, God's people have been doing that. We have been holding on. It's what we do. It's who we are. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves, meaning they continually, they persistently, they held on to what? They held on to the apostles' teaching. That's the scriptures. That's the word of God. They held on to fellowship. That's each other. They held on to the breaking of bread. That's communion. And they held on to prayer. They held on to talking to God. Private prayer. Corporate prayer. And then later on, a few verses later, Acts 2.46, we get a glimpse of, of the nature of this holding on. Acts 2.46 says, Every day, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And what struck me the most about that was those two words, every day. Every day. A friend of mine just asked me just the other day how I was doing, how I was holding up during this time. Because like many of you, I've had my ups and I've had my downs. I've had my middle of the roads during this whole pandemic season. He asked me, well, when you're doing your best, when you're up on the top, what's going on in your life? As I thought about it, as I reflected over it, when I'm doing well, those are the days in my life when I'm spending time with God and his people. 
Spending time in his word, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship just like right now, spending time with God's people, my family, my friends, my life group. When I'm doing that, life is rich, life is meaningful. But on the days that I'm not living that sort of life, when I'm not holding on to God and when I'm not holding on to his people, well, there's an opposite correlation in a negative way. And so what I read there in the book of Acts, that the early church, that they held on, but it also said that they held on every day, that spoke to me quite a bit. Because you see, the early church, they were persecuted, okay? Some of the early church were murdered and killed and tortured and unjustly imprisoned because they confessed their faith in their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yet the early church didn't just bury its head in the sand and wait till the pandemic of persecution was over. The early church flourished in the midst of it. They planted. They planted new things because they were holding on every day to the right things, to God and to his people. Now, as a family man, as as a father, as a husband, as a son, it got me thinking, too, that, that holding on to God's people, especially the ones that live at my house, the more time I'm with them, the better my life is, not just every day, but all throughout the day. And it reminded me that the whole holding on every day thing isn't just a New Testament thing. I was reminded of the great Shema in the Old Testament, probably the most quoted scripture in the entire world. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments, this communication, these words that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when? When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That is what God's people do. They hold on to the words of God, not just every day, but all throughout the day in the context of relationships that are so close that you could call it family. Get up, sit, walk, lie down. When I lie down next to my kids at night and I pray with them and I sing with them and I worship with them and I read the word with them, man, that, that is something I hold onto. When I interact with God's people around God's word every day and throughout the day, life is rich. Life is peaceful. Life is meaningful. Life is purposeful, pandemic or not. My friends, we need that. We need it for ourselves and we need it for each other. That's what Kelly just read about, Hebrews chapter 3. The author of Hebrews says, encourage one another, and you see that right there? Encourage one another daily, every day, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Daily, every day, hold on to the fellowship, encouraging and being encouraged every day so that, the author of Hebrews said, so that you don't become hardened. I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of hearts becoming hardened lately. The author of Hebrews says, I have an antidote to that. Encourage each other every day. 
I know you know that it works. I mean, I, I'm telling you, a friend of mine encouraged me just the other day, and it was like nuclear power. I mean, it fired me up. It brought me down out of the dark valley up into the heights of the tops of a passion and fire for God and for ministry and for life. In just a few encouraging words, I had a chance to return the favor in our hearts. They were not hardened. Our hearts were on fire together. And so, my friends, I'm giving you some homework today. When you go home this week, when you go out this week, when you uh, go to work this week, I want you to encourage another person every day, whether it's a family member, a friend, a co-worker, a fellow believer, encourage them in the Lord. Encourage them that God loves them, God calls them, God uniquely created them, God values them, God has purpose and mission and love for them. I encourage you to do that. Because when we do that, verse 14 says, we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. You see that hold, hold on to the trust we had at the very beginning. Hold on to our faith that was given to us in our baptisms. Hold on to the faith that we've had from the very start of our walk with Jesus. Hold on to it daily. I mean, we could keep on going throughout the scriptures and throughout the scriptures, we see all sorts of different examples of God's people holding on every day. But I love the image from Luke that we read a moment ago when Jesus predicted holding on to the cross. In verse 22, he said this. He said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and he must be killed. And on the third day, be raised to life. That, my friends, is the apostles' teaching. That's what we hold on to. We hold on to the cross of Jesus. We hold on the cross that has Jesus on it, and we hold on to the empty cross of the resurrection, and we hold on to it every day, and we hold on to it all day long because it is the ultimate communication from God. It is the ultimate words from God. It is the ultimate words that we are to impress upon our hearts and on the hearts of our loved ones. When we get up, when we lie down, when we sit, when we walk, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for you. That's what you hold on to all day, every day. But then Jesus invites us. And he speaks some words that talk about how do we live that life of the cross here and now as we wait for him to come again. It's powerful words, verse 23. Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. That's every day. And follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. For whoever loses their life for me will save it. Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. And then he invites us to follow him to the cross. Because following Jesus is a completely selfless endeavor. But it leads to the most richest and meaningful of lives. A life that is far more radical and far more peaceful than anyone or anything in this world could offer. That includes politics and it includes pandemic-free times. 
He calls us to it daily. I like to say it this way. Every day we hold on to His cross so that every day we can hold on to our own cross. And really that's nothing new. It lines right up with what God said through Jeremiah the prophet 2,600 years ago. He was telling them back then, don't dwell on the past, don't dwell on the way it used to be, make the most of the present, build, settle, plant, produce, seek peace and prosperity of the city that you live in, not for yourself, but for the sake of the city, seek the peace and prosperity of others, not yourself. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was born into a world that was completely unfamiliar to him. It wasn't heavenly realms. It was broken, dirty, painful, hurtful, sinful earth. And he didn't bury his head in the sand and just hope and wait to get through it. He wasn't just sitting there waiting to get back to the heavenly realms. He didn't just run away from the pandemic of sin. He sought peace. He sought the peace and prosperity far more than a city, but for all of humanity and for all of the world, it's what he held on to, and it's what he's holding on to right now every day. He is holding on to us even now. He's holding on to you even now, all day, every day. He's holding on to you so that you can hold on to him and to his people and so that we can hold on every day, all day, to his mission, to his cross, and to ours. I encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ, that somehow by his grace and mercy, during this time, to build, to settle, to plant, to produce, to seek peace, prosperity, and prayer. Hold on every day. Amen.